Good morning, church family, and welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith. Happy Father's Day. Today marks a special occasion. Not only are we celebrating dads, but today marks the first day of our in-person worship service. We are so happy and honored to see your smiling faces. And our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be. To know God and to make him known is our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1030 Church Service begins now. And remember, you can always catch our message online through YouTube, our Facebook page, or from our podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three. Okay, it's about that time to lift God up with Michael Steptoe and the men of the Amity Worship Ministry. Welcome, Amity Bible Church family. We enter into a Lord's gates with thanksgiving, coming for his courts with praise. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. No matter what the circumstances are, the Lord deserves the praise because he has been good to me.
because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. You know, if that won't get a fire going, I'm going to guess that your wood is wet. Because those are the songs that have got us over. I can remember many a prayer meeting, and that prayer meeting got started with, I will trust in the Lord. And that an essential verse was that I'm going to stay on my bending knees because it's all about our dependence upon the Master. Today's an incredible day after months of what has felt like incarceration, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're not there yet, but we are encouraged that we can start fist bumping and elbow bumping and even a hug here and there if we choose because by God's grace, we have been down, but not out. And I want to say it's a, another reason that we have a special day is because it's Father's Day. Um, brothers, it's our day. You know, we, 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 we always get the short end of the stick. Mother's Day is a big deal. But Father's Day, people just kind of ease into. But I got good news for you. I heard a newscast this week that the purses and the wallets are opening. And so you just may get that trip over to Three Forks. You just may get that trip over to Papa Do's and get that Admiral's Feast because I understand that spending is up this year by $3 billion. Did you hear what I said? That it has gone from $17 billion to three to 20 billion this Father's Day. So we ought to be able to, to say amen, brothers. Amen, because our day has come. We are pausing to celebrate the men who have cared for us and encouraged us and taught us how to trust in the Lord. Fathers are important because trust doesn't just happen. As children, we learn first to trust our parents. We trust our fathers and our mothers because of the love that they show for us. And eventually, we learn to trust others. But, but the main thing is that our experience with our earthly fathers makes it easiest for us to have a relationship with our heavenly father. The more we open our hearts to him, the more we experience what it means to know God. The more we know God, the more we trust him. And the more we trust him, the greater the inner peace we experience. That's our theme this month, is that peace which passes understanding. We have called it, peace be still. 
That was the problem that the disciples had on the Sea of Galilee on that faithful day. They lost their confidence. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read just a few verses, and we're going to dive right into this Father's Day message. Mark chapter 4, and I want to begin reading at verse 35. It says, On that day, when evening came, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side. Please pay attention to that statement. Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Would you join with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, thank you so much for our privilege to be here this morning on this, this Father's Day. I pray that you superintend everything that we do and say. I pray that our efforts will bring you glory. I pray for fathers who have struggled, Father, to raise their children and gone unrecognized. I pray for children, Father, who have neglected to honor their father. So I pray that those things will come together today in such a way that fathers will be encouraged and that you will be glorified. We pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and thank God. What an incredible day in the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We need to rejoice and be glad in it. If I were to summarize our message if I were to give it a message that, that, that I could put it in a nutshell, that message would be this. Faith must be tested before it can be trusted. Faith must be tested before it can be trusted. We are putting the pandemic in our rearview mirror. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. It may be too early to celebrate, but I'm going to tell you that we are way down the road from where we were a year ago. Some people were convinced that this was all a hoax. They said it was nothing more than the flu, but 600,000 Americans are dead. And then there were others who were convinced that it was the beginning of the apocalypse. Clearly, we are somewhere in between, but the problem is we've been flooded with information and misinformation about what is going on. We didn't know what to believe. We didn't know who to believe. But in a crisis, I want to warn you, you need to be careful what you listen to, and you need to be careful who you listen to. Romans 5.17 makes it clear. So faith comes 
By hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. You're going to have to disseminate. You are going to have to discriminate and not allow into your brains that stuff which, which will pollute. Life as we know it, brothers and sisters, has changed forever. We are still not done with the pandemic. There are still threats to our health, to our economy, and to our overall well-being. But we have been through this storm, and we see ourselves coming out. If you know anything about a storm and your own personal situation, you know that all of us have to deal with a storm. If I were to say to you, every single one of you is in one of three positions. You're either in a storm, you are going into a storm, or you are coming out of a storm. But one of those is your position. What, when we are going through storms, we really want to believe that there is someone who can calm the storm or give us shelter Till the storm is over. The problem is that God won't always calm the storm. God sometimes will allow us to go through that storm and then he will speak peace to our lives. In the Gospels, in Luke 8, Matthew 8, and, Matthew, and Mark 4, we have the story of Jesus calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus literally spoke to the wind and the waves and everything calmed down. Can you imagine what was going on on that boat after Jesus did that? Can't you see these men talking to themselves and saying, what just happened? We were, we were rowing along and then the storm came and then all of a sudden it died down. They had no clue. One minute, things are great. We've got everything under control and the next minute, excuse my French, but hell breaks loose. Can't you see these brothers? They've always had the skill to cross this lake. They have always had the skill to fish and to handle the equipment. And here they are. And if I might simulate, somebody's got the oars and they're working across. And they're rowing. And they're talking to each other. Hey, brother, you know. You know, how, how did it go yesterday down at the club? You know, what, what, what were you doing? And, then, and they're just making their way across the lake. And then all of a sudden, a breeze started blowing, and they're crossing the lake. And see, they, they're crossing, and then somebody says, the winds come up, and then the guy who's on the helm says, never mind, I got it. Never mind, I got it. Never mind, I got it. And they're going through, and then the, the storm rustles a little bit more, and he hunkers down, and he's still rowing, and he says, I got it. I got it. And the boat's shaking up, and water's coming in, and he says, I got it. I got it. I got it. And then all of a sudden, real turmoil breaks loose, and the boat's about to go under, and all of a sudden, they remember that they had God in the boat. They said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus gets up and he looks at them and he says, calm down. And then he speaks to the waves and they calm down. 
Jesus will allow you to fail at what you're good at in order to let you know how much you need him. There are three questions that get asked in the boat that day. Jesus asked two of them, and he said, why are you afraid? And the second question he asked is, do you have no faith? And then the brothers in the boat had a third question. They said, who is this man? I think that that may be the greatest challenge for us as believers is we've got Jesus in the boat, but we have no clue who he is. That's this story in a nutshell. I've got three observations, and I've got three lessons, and I'd like to work through them systematically. The first observation is this. The disciples failed the hearing test. The disciples failed the hearing test. Listen to the text. Mark 4, 35, he says, On that day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to them, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. The disciples were listening but they did not hear what Jesus said. It's not clear that whether they couldn't hear or they just would not hear because they were preoccupied with their rowing. Jesus did not say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Jesus did not say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. You have to understand, let that soak in for a minute. We become so distracted with needing Jesus to still the storm that we won't even listen to what he's trying to speak to us through the storm. All we want is for him to get us out of our situation. Jesus said many things. He said, arise, take up your bed and walk. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Jesus simply said to his disciples in the boat, let's go over to the other side. Nothing spectacular, but, he, but what he said, they missed it. Maybe that's been your problem in the pandemic. Maybe God has been trying to speak to you in your adversity. Maybe God has been trying to speak to you in your hospitalization. Maybe God has tried to be, been trying to speak to you through your being laid off or whatever is going on in your life. He says, I need your attention. Maybe you miss what God was saying because sometimes he speaks in a whisper rather than a shout. Maybe what he is saying to you, you wrote in your journal last year, but you just forgot about it. Maybe you read it in your meditation this morning. God is speaking to you. So what's the point, brothers and sisters? The disciples were listening, but they did not hear. They heard what they wanted to hear. They missed what Jesus said. So what's the takeaway? Everything, listen to me, 
Listen to me. Everything that Jesus says is important, and its importance may not be obvious. We like to shoot the breeze. We like to talk off the cuff. Jesus does not shoot the breeze. Jesus does not just have idle conversation. But we, we have to learn to read the Bible that way. When I, when I was a, a teenager in high school, one of the things that, that I loved to write, but I also loved to get, was love letters. Say, and when you get a love letter, you, you stuck it in your book, and, that, and you waited till you got home, and you got yourself sequestered in the bathroom, because we did not have a, room, a bedroom of ourselves. We didn't have any private space. The only private space you had was the bathroom. And so you get in the bathroom, and then you read every word. And then you say, what she mean by that? What she mean by that? And then after you read it, then you read it again. Okay, because you maybe missed something the first time. And then you let that marinate in your spirit. And then you go back and you read it again. Why don't we read God's word that way? When God speaks to us, we need to go back and read it again. We need to go back and read it again. We need to go back because God is trying to say something to us. God spoke to Martha. And she said, my brother is dead. And Jesus said, you'll see him again. She says, I know it. I, see, see, sometimes you can be too smart. She, she said, I know it. I'll see him in the resurrection. Jesus said, sister, you don't understand. He says, I am the resurrection. You have to understand that what matters is what I say, not, not what you know, not what you do. You need to listen to me. You need to listen to every word. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I wish I had a praying church in here because we listen, but we do not hear. And so that brings us to our first lesson. When your hearing fails, your faith will also fail. In other words, when you miss what God has said, when you miss when God says, brother, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you, when you miss the fact that he says, I will supply all of your needs according to, to riches and glory by Christ Jesus, when he says, I've got this, the battle is not yours, it's mine, you miss it. You miss it. So, second observation. The disciples not only failed the hearing test, they failed the humility test. They failed the humility test. Listen to Mark 4, 37. It says, And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Listen to verse 38. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus is aware of our storms, even if we don't feel like he is. Maybe to us he seems unconcerned, but don't make the mistake of judging God by your circumstances. You see, God is the God of your circumstances. These disciples were professional fishermen. They had been on the lake many times. They should have known 
that storms would come up. But they were so sure of themselves. How do we know that they were sure of themselves? Because they let Jesus fall asleep. Now, one of the things that I, I used to love to drive at night on, over the road, and one of the things that I always did is that my wife would recline the seat, and then she would uh, put a pillow behind her head, and she would fall asleep. Here we're going through Tennessee and, and Arkansas and all of these places in the backwoods. This was before interstate, and we were on these two-lane highways, and she's out like a light. But I, let, I allowed her to go to sleep. Why did I allow her to go? I said, well, I don't need you for this. I got this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am on the I've, done, I've driven this um, 31W many, many times. I got this. That's exactly what the disciples did. Jesus got, they, they didn't engage Jesus in conversation. They said, hey, Jesus, there could be a storm on this lake. We need you to be alert. We need you to be aware. In other words, they were telling Jesus, we don't need you. When things are going well, it's amazing how we can get along without Jesus. There might have been even some trash talking about how well they could handle the boat or how well they were at fishing. They were completely unaware that they had God in the boat. I mean, let me say that again. They were completely unaware that they had God in the boat. So examine yourself. Are you experiencing anxiety right now over a situation in your life? Have you lost sight of the fact that God is in the boat? Have you got a situation that you've been trying to work out and you can't get it worked out? Have you forgotten that you've got God in the boat? Have you maybe been had some economic situations or some health situations and you can't get them worked out and you have forgotten that you have God in the boat? The disciples forgot because they were so full of themselves that they could not be full of the Spirit. They did not know that God will allow you to fail in order to get your attention. And he will put all of his resources at your disposal once you realize that you need him. There is a direct relationship between faith and humility. You can see it in the healing of the centurion's servant. The centurion said, you don't even have to come to my house. He says, I have men and I'm over them. He says, and all you have to do is say the word and my servant will be here. That's faith. But it's also the recognition that I'm no one, that you are in fact the one. We see the same situation in the healing of the Canaanite woman's daughter. She was helpless. She had no hope for her daughter. But Jesus showed up and she said, Master, goodness gracious, genuine faith is only genuine when it flows out of genuine humility, there is no place in faith for self. There's no place for self-effort. There's no place for self-confidence. There is no place for self-aggrandizement. There is no place in faith for self. So this brings us to our second lesson. When your humility fails, just like your faith will eventually fail. When your humility fails, your faith will eventually fail. So third observation, and I'm on my way to the house. The disciples 
failed the heart test. They failed the hearing test. They failed the humility test. And now they have failed the heart test. What are you talking about? Mark 4.38. Listen and learn. It says, Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Isn't it interesting that the storm, the waves didn't wake Jesus up? Isn't it interesting that the wind didn't wake Jesus up? Isn't it interesting that the rocking of the boat didn't wake Jesus up? But all they had to do was say, Master? And he popped bolt upright and says, they said, don't you care that we are perishing? Look at verse, and he got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The disciples looked around at their situation and they saw danger. They looked within themselves and they saw fear where faith should have been. The more we are influenced by what we see with our physical eyes, the less we will see with our spiritual eyes. Did you hear what I said? The more you are influenced by your physical eyes, the less we can see with our spiritual eyes. I have to admit, I never imagined that we'd have a pandemic that kills 600,000 people. I never imagined that we would be out of in-person worship for 12 to 15 months as we have been. But I saw that, and I'm saying this is the end uh, of life as we know it. There's never going to be a situation where this gets better. And then all of a sudden, there was a vaccine. And then after a vaccine, then it got distributed. And then all of a sudden, everybody was taking the vaccines, and we were be beginning to feel better about ourselves. And then we hit another place where now people don't want the vaccine. And so, so the vaccines have stopped. All I'm telling you is that God is in this. I, I can't see his hand in every situation, but I know he's in this. They could see the storm, but they could not see Jesus. They understood what was going on with the weather, but they did not know that they had God in the boat. Isaiah 6, 9 he said, go and tell this people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. God is saying to the nation of Israel, God is saying to America, our anxiety problem is a faith problem. Once you learn to trust God, once you understand that there is no temptation, no adversity that has taken you but that which is common to man, 
But God has already given you the solution. I, I, I see my brothers struggling with a situation, and they're trying to solve it. They're trying to figure out how they're going to get through this situation. And what they don't realize is they're working hard on a problem that God has already solved. They're working on a problem trying to find a solution for it, and it's already in the hat. What you don't understand is the fix is in. We win. The fight is fixed. That, that ought to excite you. you so, so, so what does that mean, preacher? That means that nothing that you are going through is going to matter in the end. He says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the hearts of men what I have for you. These are light afflictions. These are temporary stuff. And God is this Old preacher told me once, this is the make ready room. This, 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 is, this is a dress rehearsal for the big game. And, what, and the only problem is we've taken this mess too seriously. You, you take yourself too seriously. If you just turn it over to God, I'm not saying let go and let God. You know, God is not going to put the seed in your field. He is not going to plow that field. He is not going to do the work you need to do. But you, not, you don't have no sunshine. You don't have no rain. He, it's a cooperative process, but you have to give your faith. God is saying that your problem is not that you have no faith. He's saying the problem that you have is messed up faith. Because you have put your faith in the wrong thing. You put your faith in yourself. Jesus was not asking his disciples if they had faith. He was saying, in whom have you placed your faith? Because they had God in the boat, but they were depending on themselves. Third lesson, final lesson. When your hearing fails and your humility fails and your heart fails, your faith will invariably fail. You need to hear God. You need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and you need to give your heart over to God, and you will see your faith blossom like never before. I said earlier, it has been an arduous last month for us in trying to get some remodeling done. I never imagined how difficult that might be. And so that was kind of a storm. But as I've talked to other people and found out about the health issues that they are going through, we don't really have a storm. But, but every single one of us is related to the storm. You're either in it, you're coming out of it, or you're headed into it. And so you might as well uh, update your storm resume because you are always going to be acquainted with a storm. God is not always going to calm your storm, but if you let him, he, if you trust him, he'll calm your heart. He doesn't have to calm your storm. He just needs to calm you. One of the things I learned in leadership training years ago is that, that one of the rules of leadership is when there's a chaotic situation going on, the leader has a primary responsibility. That is, the first thing you do is you calm yourself. You can't help other people find their way 
until you calm yourself. The disciples completely missed the fact that the storm doesn't really matter if Jesus is in the boat. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? No storm is of consequence if Jesus is in the boat. But the real issue is that Jesus was in the boat. They just didn't know who he was. They did not know that they had Jesus in the boat. And some of you, as we close our time together this morning, this Father's Day, some of you have got Jesus in the boat. But you're struggling. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with pain. You're dealing with anguish. You're dealing with frustration. And you've got all the help you need in the boat. But you need to acquaint yourself with him. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. No faith, no peace. So, I, but the marvelous thing is that Jesus, God gives us the gift of faith, that we can trust him. He is the one who allows us to have our spiritual eyes opened so that we can see Jesus, that we can recognize him. He get, brings us to the place where we can believe the gospel. He's, the, the gospel is a simple message. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. But you have to have the faith to believe. You, as long as you are depending upon yourself, as long as you are depending upon your, upon your own resources, you never get there. But once you turn from trusting yourself and turn to trusting Christ, everything changes. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, we thank you for this incredible time that we've had together this morning. I pray that you would superintend everything that we have done here and that we continue to do going forward. I pray for those hurting hearts today, those who have never trusted Christ. They've had excuses in the past. But Father, I pray that they'll be able to move those excuses aside, that they would realize that Christ is already in the boat and that he's prepared to give them new life, new life in him. All they have to do is to realize that no matter how skilled they are, no matter how capable they are, they're not able to live a life that is satisfactory to you, but only through Christ. If they would turn from trusting themselves and turn to trusting Christ, it will make all the difference in the world. And so I pray that they would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you heard this message and your desire is to know Christ, to know peace, you have to, to, to know peace, you have to know Christ. And so I'm going to invite you to text the word salvation to 469-809-1177. That's 469-809-1177. And we'd love to have you participate tangibly with us in ministry. And so if you'd like to offer a gift to Amity, you can text the word give to 469-416-4262 or you can log on to our website amitybc.org pull down the giving tab click give now and follow the instructions and if you'd like to send us a gift by mail it's amity bible church post office box 852643 richardson texas 75089
7585. That's Richardson, Texas, 75085. Thank you so much. I wish every father a blessed Father's Day. I pray that children, you will honor your fathers, especially if you have them with you. Give them a call. Go and visit. But whatever you do, honor the man who helped to, who brought you into this world. And I have it on good authority, brothers, that if the if the admiral's plate or whatever that big fried seafood plate, if that's your deal, Papa Do's opens at 10 o'clock this morning just for you. So you can boogie on over there and be the first in line. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you and we will see you next time. Thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church as we broadcast virtually. Whatever we can do to help, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed. <laughs>